Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of uh, Project Process. It has been a while since I've uh, posted um, or have uploaded, um, but today I'm excited to have uh, Ian Martins from Abacus Agency join me. He's the CEO there and uh, does a ton of great work managing the team, making sure things run smoothly. Um, and so let's get right into it. So, Ian, uh, what are you doing at Abacus? I know you're the COO. Uh, what does kind of your daily uh, day look like? Um, yeah, so as the chief operating officer at Abacus, I'm in charge of all operations. So that means making sure everybody is working together efficiently to deliver our products to our customers. Um, that spans two types of work I think and I think of it in two different ways there's like working on Abacus as a product and as the agency and figuring out you know how do we package products how do we sell products um, what are the processes in terms of, of delivering those pro products what are the what's the team composition has to look like what's you know how much revenue is coming in versus money we're spending out how do we stay profitable so there's like the mechanics of working on Abacus and then on the other side of things, I think it's really just about managing people, and it's like the human side of Abacus, and you know, who do we have on the team? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? How do I get everybody to play along nicely? Um, you know, how do I teach and coach people and and really help them achieve big things here with us? Um, and so that's the that's like the other side of things that I'm doing. So my day ranges from again work on Abacus and then work within Abacus and facilitating things. Um, what I really try to do is just take any barriers out of people's way into like doing the best work that they can do. So if there's any struggles, anything they need, any problems that arise, um, I'm there to kind of help smooth out, you know, smooth everything out for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those of us who uh, don't know, uh what, what is Abacus and what does Abacus oh, do? So Abacus is a performance marketing agency. We specialize on Facebook and Instagram paid advertising. Um, we are an end-to-end -end solution within those channels. So from strategy to campaign deployment, optimization, um, and then the creative and content for the platforms as well. Um, we do that all, um, all in-house to deliver you know campaigns for our customers. And moving forward from that, uh, you you mentioned before that you had a, like a bunch of side hustles when you were in like yeah. high school, university, college, and all that kind of thing. Maybe you want to touch on like some of that and like why you did those things. Absolutely. So um, I've always I've always had a side hustle since I was about uh, like 12 years old when I started my first band. So yeah. I was like grade school. Me and my friends like we all got instruments for our birthdays or Christmas or whatever, and so we we started a band. Um, and I remember in, in grade, end of grade seven going into grade eight, um, I had like organized us to go to like a studio for a day and, and our parents put up some money for us to go record and then I came and like burned a bunch of CDs and tried to sell them to my friends. And so I've kind of always been, been hustling since I was a kid. I, I thought I was like definitely going to be a rock star. So from, you know, 12 years old till I was about 22, so like 10 years, um, you know, in the music world. Um, so all throughout high school, high school was kind of like a secondary thing to my life. Um, I was very much like going to band practice, rehearsing, writing music, 
Um, we got a development deal with this little management company and got to go into the studio and actually make some, some records and learn our craft, essentially. Um, you know, there's a few different bands over the years and playing shows locally, doing little tours. Um, so I was always kind of hustling at that and that was always like this thing that I did. And School was just somewhere I was killing time. And then graduating from high school, I, I didn't go to college. I took, you know, I decided to take the time off and dedicate it 100% to being in a band. Um, that led to, again, another album made, some, you know, kind of development deal type things with a couple record labels, and flirting with labels. And this was in a world before, um, before it was really cool to be like an indie musician. I guess it was kind of cool, but it was hard to make money as a musician, still is. Um, but the industry was really, really in a bad spot at that time so um, that plus whatever you know I'm not a rock star now but I did end up getting a gig at a recording studio uh, one of the bigger ones in Toronto uh, multi-platinum studio working with a lot of great artists so I came in and um, kind of started business development with them and so everybody was getting laptops and starting to record records at home studio business was declining and so I'd go out um, and talk to bands at shows and talk to record labels and try to get business for the studio so like very much just grinding hanging out going to festivals just meeting people um, and attracting business and then getting the studio a website and starting to do some some online marketing stuff and through that process we ended up deciding we wanted to launch a school and education program so did some some work in, in building that out and um, it was a great learning experience that said I kind of like at that point in my life I was like 22 um, had my quote-unquote dream job you know working in a recording studio being around musicians and stuff all day but like I could see the lifestyle of the people in the industry and kind of my trajectory and my my I had a thirst for doing more like something else and so like as much as I love music I wanted to kind of diversify and try out some other things and so I at that point I wanted to move downtown Toronto I was actually still kind of like flopping at people's places living with girlfriends or, or whatever I was a little bit of a nomad um, at that point in my life and uh, I decided to get this big loft downtown right on King Street it was an ex extremely expensive place to get uh, at the time it was like uh, it's 1200 square feet so I was paying $2,200 a month and I didn't have a job so n no job no income $2,200 a month, I managed to convince them to rent it to me um, with like a bogus job letter. And then um, I basically got the place and I had 30 days to come up with 2200 bucks and feed myself. And that lit a fire under my ass to hustle. And the idea was I was gonna rent it out to photographers as like a studio. So I'd, I'd kind of like carved out this little corner, put some curtains up and my mattress was back there. And then the rest of the space was like a studio for photographers. And I did that, I hustled. I, I, took on a bunch of shit that wasn't photography just to make ends meet and so I had yoga sessions in there and I had meditation sessions and I rented it out for just parties in general and, and after a while um, there's this club century uh, century club something what was the fuck Anyways, there was a nightclub across the street, um, and I started doing after-hours parties. So I'd go party at uh, some of my friends were promoters. Um, I'd throw after parties at my loft afterwards and charge a couple hundred bucks a bottle of booze. And, um, so I, I scraped it together, um, stayed in that loft for a year, and then I was approached by two guys um, to see if I wanted to launch a bigger studio with them. And so I, I packed it in, joined them, and that became what was known as the Brockton Collective. Um, it was like a 3,000 square foot studio at Queen and, uh, and Dufferin. 
you know, had like a 30 by 20 foot cyclorama. You could drive trucks in there. We did music videos. We had Drake got shot there for uh, Source magazine. We had Spin magazine come do stuff. Some stuff with GQ. Like lots of cool shoots and productions. Um, and then at night, it would flip over from production space into um, basically like uh, gallery shows for local artists. So we built up a collective of about 150 different artists who would, uh, from the city that would display their work. And some of them were students at OCAD, but some of them were like prolific street artists and, and whatnot. And so um, we did that for three years. We'd also do cool night parties like with DJs and, and just fun events and kind of like after hours type things and, and whatever to, to scrape money together. And it was a fun ride. Uh, our lease that we signed was three years. After three years, the landlord kind of wanted to kick us out. Uh, they wanted to build a condo there, which is now the building no longer exists and it's being turned into a condo now. So we basically got gentrified out of the neighborhood and um, it was around that time that, again, I was kind of getting the thirst to try something else out. Um, so I actually went back to school. Um, I went to college, I went to Sheridan, I went and studied advertising. So running this collective in the studio while at the same time being in school. So again, this side hustle, like right. school was something I was doing, but like my, I was having, I was like real life, you know what I mean? Real life was the studio, school was just like something for me to do. So I went back and studied advertising and then um, through a person that I met there, Haley, um, she got hired at an agency called Catalyst, which is um, part of Group M, part of WPP, so like big ad agency world. And she got me a job at Catalyst. So I went for an interview, ended up getting put on the um, P&G team um, and kind of went up through the rungs from account coordinator all the way up to account manager. And then I was overseeing like about 30 brands um, for PNG for search and some social stuff and YouTube and whatnot. And so that was like my first foray into the advertising world. From there I went to another agency at PhD, um, part of the resolution media team again doing search, paid search and social. Um, and I was servicing Scotiabank as a client. So digital acquisition of customers like credit cards, day-to-day -day accounts, um, mortgages, all that kind of stuff. And was there and then Again, after, after a while in the agency world, I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I get it, I, I met some good people, I learned a lot of skills, um, but the, the entrepreneur itch kicked in again, and it was the first time I had like a quote-unquote real job, and I was in like, the agency world for like, I guess, well, just under five years, um, and I was like, okay, but I want to go do my own thing again, so my wife and I, you know, wanted to become digital nomads and move to Europe, and so we're like, we sold all our shit, I quit, and we were gonna move to Lisbon. Um, and that was the plan, I'd go to Lisbon and kind of start an agency there. Um, but the day I quit my job at PhD, I literally got a call from Pete and Jeff over at Abacus. They got referred to me um, from a, a, colleague, a mutual friend at Facebook. And so I went in for an interview and they messaged me on a Friday, on a Monday I was talking with them and I decided that I could accomplish more with them than I was gonna be able to do alone, but I was gonna go be in Portugal. And so I spent six months building Abacus with the two co-founders um, remote from Portugal and then uh, my wife and I decided it was a good idea to move back to Toronto for a, a bunch of reasons. And so now here I am um, back in the city and building Abacus. And when we started, um, I was the first first person to join the team, like the two co-founders, and now we're pushing close to 30 people in just under two years. Awesome, I mean, that's, that's a very like colorful <laughs> history and past, um, and and you're relatively like still young. Yeah, so, so I just turned I just I just turned 30 this year. So, 
um, a lot of living and life in, yeah. in a short amount of time yeah. and squeezing that that life of that yeah. lemon that life has given me. Right, right, right. <laughs> a lot of our listeners, I, I'm guessing, I, I, I'm not too sure, but a lot of our listeners are from uh, uh, university or yep. mostly probably from OCAD. Um, so if you were to give them some advice on um, how to get into the marketing agency space from a university background, what would you yeah. say? Well, I think, I think it, so go do cool shit. Go do, like to be a, a person that someone's gonna wanna hire, um, like just being a student and graduating from a marketing program like isn't enough. Um, at least not in my opinion. I think that you should have some sort of extra thing in life, whether that's you're an athlete and you competed like quite, you know, in some sort of whatever, like you were like a competitive athlete or you were a musician or you are an artist and you did your own art galleries or you make content for someone or you like, I don't know, fucking had a, a paint, like a house painting service on the side or whatever. I think doing things in the real world and having real life experiences of some kind make you far more employable than somebody who's never really had um, a, a, that kind of life experience. Um, you know, working working part-time jobs in college is great, but it's not the same as like trying to start something and having your own project. So the, it doesn't have to necessarily be successful. I mean, if you're successful, even better, but I think showing that you have motivation and you're self-driven enough to um, get up and go and try to make something happen um, speaks a lot louder than I went to school and now I'm looking for a job. The other thing I would say is um, don't, Everybody wants to network, right? Networking is super important, but everybody's always looking to network up. So finding people that are in positions higher than them, in positions of power, whatever. Um, and I think that that's important, but I also think it's um, very important to network with your peers and have developed good relationships with your peers that you're in school with um, because they might get a job and be able to refer you in. And that might be the way you get in, not through networking with someone who's a hiring manager or whatever. Um, and that same thing applies when you get your first job, you know, befriend your peers, like respect your peers and, and network and because I've actually never gotten a job um, from handing in a resume. And Lord knows I applied. I think one of the things I didn't mention um, about my trajectory, my career trajectory is like I never had a real job but like it wasn't for lack of trying. I definitely applied to a lot of different companies um, and tried to get jobs all kinds but I, I you know, at, at for a certain point in my life I didn't have any college. I had this like music industry background which is fairly limiting in terms of, of your higher ability or, or whatever and so in, in not being able to get a job I kept making my own jobs um, and there's other things I did too actually like I, I did WordPress websites on the side um, all through like since high school like late high school until like fairly recently like I was always doing like the odd WordPress website um, for friends that had different companies or whatever um, until I was like 25. I have a bunch of friends in the trades, like construction and contracting and hardwood floor installation. And like, if I was broke or running low on cash because I was hustling and doing my own thing and then didn't have a steady paycheck, I was not beneath me to go slug it as a like general labor guy and fucking demo shit or install hardwood or push wheelbarrows with cement around or whatever. Like, 
in order for me to have these projects and, and do these entrepreneurial things, like I wasn't always making money. Like there was months where I didn't make any money from my business and I'd have to go schlep it as a contractor or whatever to kind of make ends meet. And I think, you know, doing what needs to be done is like there's no task that's like beneath you or whatever. And so there was tons, like there was tons of times I was on Craigslist responding to like gigs for 10 bucks an hour cash under the table and I'd go do a day or two to make a few hundred bucks because I needed it. And so um, like there's nothing underneath you. So just like hustle, just make ends meet. Yeah. I don't know what the point of the initial question was. I went on a bit of a That's tangent totally there. That's cool. Um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to emphasize that. You know, yeah. um, your generation or my generation, I'm, I'm part of it as well, um, gets slagged for like entitlement. Like that's a word that gets thrown around yeah, a lot. Yeah. And I think it is, it is valid to a degree, um, but there's a lot of really hard workers out there too. Um, but like don't be entitled. Nobody owes you a job. Um, depending on when you're, you're you, like, when you're trying to apply for a job, like, it's actually relatively fertile right now out there. Like, the economy is doing pretty yeah, good and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, it's a good time. When I finished high school, it's, like, right around when grade 13 finished. So it was really hard to get accepted because it was, like, double the amount of kids applying, um, which made it really difficult at the time. Then when I was trying to be a, an entrepreneur and, like, go get money for different projects or even find a job, it was at, like, the height of the recession, like, 2008, 2009, like, no one's giving out money, no one's investing in anything, people are losing their jobs, not getting jobs, so, like, even economically, I had a lot of things that I had to, like, get through, just at a macro level that influenced it, um, but right now it's, like, it's fertile ground, you know? Yeah. Um, it's... it's People say there's a crash coming, but it hasn't come yet. So it come for a long pe pe time. People are people are hiring right now. So I think if you got a little little special sauce, you've been got some kind of special project you can point to to show initiative. Um, I think that that's like the big one of the biggest things. Yeah, I mean the whole point of the podcast is to show like this kind of like that hustle that like mm -hmm. how did how did person A get to point A to point B? Yeah. What do they do to get there? And I think like uh, your story and like. The process really shows like like small hacks here and there and how you can make it. Um, what would be say like a, a hack right now to get into uh, a company of your choice, whether it be a creative agency, a, a media company, anything of that sort? Do weird shit. Like yeah. Yeah. mail somebody a giant box and put a little fucking present in it with your resume or something weird. I don't know, like weird stuff to yeah. get um, to get noticed. You know what I mean? Um, like I said again, like applying and sending your resume and your cover letter online to an Indeed or LinkedIn job offering, like you're, you're very lucky if anybody ever looks at it and responds to you. So I think you got to kind of get a little creative in terms of how you're applying for jobs. Talk to your profs and your teachers. They might have recommendations or places they can slot you in. Um, little known fact. I applied for internships, not even real jobs, when I was finishing at Sheridan, and I didn't get a single one, even with all of my hustling. Like, with my own studio, at the, I had my own studio at the time, like, real clients, real business, I had background in music, like, I had done a lot, and even with all that, I didn't get, um, I didn't get an internship. Maybe they thought I was overqualified, that's what some of my teachers yeah. were saying or whatever, but I would have done it. I, I really strongly believe in internships. Um, I think go work for somebody for free, learn the skills and the trade and you'll be more employable. Um, like don't go get a job at Starbucks full time because you didn't get a job at an ad agency. Like 
go, if you can afford it, find a way to afford it and go intern because then you might actually get into your chosen career path. So um, I, internships are super valuable, so don't discredit them. Um, you know, nag people. Like if you really want to go somewhere, just keep nagging them. Um, learn things about the person who's making the hiring decision or who, who's leading the team or whatever. Like just go deep, you know? If you, if you think everybody else is doing the same thing as you, you need to do something different to get that attention. Um, also, like in, in, in on the creative side of things, if you're going to a creative agency, I mean, your portfolio is going to speak loudest. So there is, a, there is a level of make good, high quality shit and you, like, they will see that you have that skill set. So there is there's a talent thing on that right. too, right? You could be the most tenacious person ever, but if your product is shit, it's not going to help you either. So don't don't underestimate the portfolio for the creatives out there um, because that's that is all they're going to look at. They don't give a fuck where you went to school, like what you did, anything like that. They're going to look at your portfolio and they're going to be like, does this person have um, the promise? Yeah, does they do they have the chops? And if you don't like your school projects, do your own. Like, do your own work and put it into your portfolio. Um, you don't always get the opportunity to do cool shit at school. Um, so if you don't think that that's a good reflection of your work, then just go fucking make your own projects. Again, it's about like your time, your self-motivated self going and making things and doing stuff. Um, also, I'd say like career-wise, don't settle. Like, I, I went through a lot of uncomfortable financial hardship because I was very stubborn that I didn't want to just go get like any, any job. And I was stubborn on you know, having my own, my own businesses and staying in the music industry and then going back to school and getting, like I just, I pushed it and it meant I was a very bad boyfriend. I never had money to take my girlfriends out and I, you know, I'd go out for drinks and I'd have like one beer all night and try to make it like, you know, no one would notice. and. Um, it was hard and uncomfortable and I, I shot my credit because I'd pay my bills late and you know but it was like do I want to keep pushing on like doing something for myself and or am I just gonna go like the easy route and get a paycheck and do the normal thing and I, I promise you that I don't think I'd be where I am right now if I had taken that more comfortable route do you have any questions for me no, I mean, like, I'm really, I, I'm really curious as to like where kids' heads are at coming out of school, and I'm really curious to see um, what they do for their hustles, because um, I don't think I don't think enough kids have hustles, and and I think that that's like a big missed opportunity. Um, I think we put school on a pedestal, but like when you leave school, school doesn't really mean shit. That was one of the things that I I noticed when I was. Um, you know, trying to hustle for gigs, whether it was building WordPress sites or getting people to come to my studio or just doing anything, really. Like, you know what question never came up? Like, what school did you go to? Like, never. They'd be like, oh, show me another website you made. And I'd show it to them and they'd see it and they'd be like, okay, cool, looks good enough. Make one for me. Um, so it's all based on like, you're only as good as your last project. It's like a good photographer friend of mine told me that. It's like, it doesn't matter what your career is or whatever. It's like, you're only as good as your last project. So you always gotta give it your all and do good work. Um, and then I'd say the other thing is, is like patience, which is something I, I didn't have. Um, I think I put a lot of undue pressure on myself because I couldn't see things materializing. And when you're broke, it's uh, it's awful. Like it's not a fun experience to go yeah. through. I had a lot of. Uh, it just sucks. It's just not fun. Being broke sucks. Yeah. Um, but 
if if you if you commit to doing something like and you do it well, the money will eventually come. So just be be patient, and you'll find that opportunity that will ladder up to the next opportunity, and then ladder up to the next opportunity. And um, but if you get sucked into some company that you're not into, or doing work that you're not really into, like um, you know that that paycheck can get really uh, addictive, and then it's really hard to pull away and go make your own moves because you like going out to dinner and taking your girlfriend out or whatever, your boyfriend out. Um, and the paychecks can be addictive. Uh, and then I'd say the other hack too is like accountability. So throw yourself into situations that you have to rise to the occasion for. Um, like the thing that I mentioned before about my first loft. Yeah. It's like I wanted to move downtown. I had no job. I found this beautiful loft. So I signed a lease agreement with no money. Like literally no money. If I didn't make that money in 30 days, I would be late on my rent and potentially getting evicted. And so that accountability to having that payment to make made me hustle to get the money. Um, and so I think putting, your, putting yourself into situations where you commit to a project that maybe you have to go learn a bunch of skills to do. Like maybe you don't actually have the skills to execute, but you're going to have to teach yourself in order to satisfy that. So you make yourself accountable to some macro, bigger thing, bigger picture thing um, that makes you level up in order to hit it. Uh, well, I certainly got a lot of value, even just not just from this podcast, but just like you know, working with you at Abacus and all that kind of thing, following you around. Happy to have you, man. Um, but uh, I hope everyone who's listening definitely got something out of it. Um, if you're from my school, OCAD, then I, I hope to God that you, you're listening and that, <laughs> that you get something out of this, because I know that uh, a lot of our students can get something out of this. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yeah. Pleasure.